John's Gospel, chapter 14. And we will focus for our text for this morning more on verses 13 and 14 as we come to those verses. Pay special attention as we will make use of our context and that we will see those words. And when the Lord said, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. The Father may be glorified in the Son, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Let us bow our heads in prayer, asking for the Lord's help in this morning service. Our Father and our God, we ask us, we ask thee once again, O Lord, that thou would still our hearts before thy throne of grace. Lord, we ask once again that uh, how we are in desperate need of thy help. And, O God, we pray that the ministry of the Holy Ghost would come, and, Lord, that we would be filled with thy presence. And, O God, we ask and pray that same prayer that the psalmist did pray. Now, O God, is the time to work. So, Lord, we ask of thee that thou would truly work in our midst, and impart us with thy blessing, and, Lord, that we would not leave this place without meeting with thee. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. In John chapter 14, I will read... Uh, verses 1 to 14, as we see the context of this uh, portion of reading, as the Lord is comforting the disciples here, uh, telling him of his departure uh, to go uh, even to the cross of Calvary. Chapter 14, verse 1, hear the word of the Lord. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. And in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and uh, ye know the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything, anything, in my name, I will do it. 
May the Lord add his special blessing to the reading here this morning. And as we do make use of our context here this morning, I tell you the title of this morning's sermon is A Name Above Every Name. A Name Above Every Name. And in 1 Kings 18 verse 21, we see Elijah's challenge to the prophets of Baal to show who the true God is. As this great portion of Scripture, as we see Elijah go before the prophets of Baal, there was contention in his time to see, well, who the true God really was. As we see the prophets of Baal and all these false prophets while calling upon their God. O Baal, hear us, was the exact words of Scripture. But it says in the Scripture that there was no voice. It says that all the crying, it says that there was no voice. With all their zealousness, and it says that as they cut themselves and drew blood because of their frustrations, that here is a God that could not hear the cries of their people. Who bell hear us? And friend, is not that the cry of America here this morning? Is not that the cry of America this morning? Well, it's said here in a quick survey in 2014, there is said to be approximately 4,200 different religions. That as we see false religions are on the rise, well, the devil has been at work to detach the name of Jesus to the cries of the people. What Jesus are you talking about here this morning? Is it the Jesus of the Scriptures? Is it what God says His Son was like? And friend, you can see today that there's volumes. There's volumes written upon what Christ was like. There's volumes of liberal scholarship that they'll tell you what Christ was like. But friend, I tell you here this morning, it's what God says His Son was like. It's not what a sinful man in his heart can say what Christ was like, nor can he dictate to attachment of, of this cry as we see in the portion of Scripture that the Lord comforting them as he starts in verse 1, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. That's what he's starting and your friend, as Christ, there was not a speaker like the Lord Jesus Christ as He knew even the hearts of the disciples that when He was preparing for His departure, He knew the hearts of the people. These were God's people. And He opens up with the necessary and the necessity of words, let not your hearts be troubled. And friend, I don't know the state of your heart this morning, but I know the Lord does. The Lord sees every burden, He sees every thought. But these are the words from Christ Himself. Don't take my word for it. I am just the preacher. It says here, let not your heart be troubled. That whatever you may be going through, here it is that we can end with verses 14, the great petition of prayer. Why we pray in Jesus' name. Why do we end with Jesus' name? Well, there's many that are praying to Jesus here this morning. We often hear of the prosperity gospel that many are praying to Jesus' name as a mere lucky charm. That maybe if I, if I pray loud enough and I, I seek the name of Jesus, maybe I might get a check in the mail. Financial gain. Well, isn't that what it says? It says that if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So why not pray? Why not pray for financial gain? That as the prosperity gospel simply says that if you're not blessed financially, well then the Lord is not with you. 
And friend, what a pleasure it is here this morning to preach against the prosperity gospel because that's polluting the gospel. That's a pollution to God's word because what about the poor? Did not the Lord say in His word that He who helps the poor helps me? Well, you see, friend, as it's proven here in the introduction, the devil's at work. The devil's at great work of approximately 4,200 different religions. Many are taking the name of Christ's name it's the same as it traces back to Balaam's time, or to Baal's time here, when the prophets of Baal, oh Baal, hear us. Friend, it's the same cry in America today. And not just America. Canada as well. North America. You can go as, as stretched forth as the east is from the west. You can say that it is a cry unto Baal. You see the movement of Hinduism and Buddhism as they're praying to these false gods. But yet there's no answer. Oh friend, this morning there can only be one true God. It could only be one, my friend, as you know the ecumenical movement, they say, well, you know, perhaps the God of the Muslim, uh, Allah, is the same as Jehovah God, or perhaps the God of Hinduism is the same as the God of the Scripture. I say, no, it's not. Here's the separation. When Jesus is trying to show them here, I am the way. He's saying, I am the only way. I am the true way. Because here it says here, and the life. And it says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. The Christ of the Scriptures, we often think of the Jehovah's, I call them the Jehovah's false witness because I believe that's the proper term because the Jesus they preach of is not the Jesus of the Bible. They say, Jesus, yes, He was a prophet, but He wasn't the Son of God. Well, it says here that if you know the Father, then you're going to know Me. You want to know what Christ was like, you know God. You want to know what God was like, you know the Son. Many people praying this morning, praying this morning in a kingdom hall. Oh, Baal, hear us. That's the cry. But friend, we must always know that it is not their prayers going up today, the false gods, the prayers that are being made to some other name. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, for other, for other foundation can no man lay. That man tries to lay his own foundation. They try to build up false religions. They build up these prophets of Baal with their own hands, ears that cannot hear, eyes that cannot see. As it goes on to say, for other foundation can no man lay, saith the Scriptures, that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. No, friend, there's no compromise this morning. No, Allah is not the same as Jehovah. My friend, there's a great separation. And remember in Elijah's time, the real God, it answered by fire. That's the real God. A true event in time that where the true God answers by fire. And therefore, as we see the Lord saying, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that Christ himself, he answers by fire. He answers by fire to the needs of His people that we often think of that Scripture if a man, uh, when he prays for a fish, is his father going to give him a stone? Friend, the answer is no. Friend, we often know in the time that the real God answered by fire, so was in this time in John 14, verses 14 and 15, when Christ was assuring His disciples that after 
his departure, he would still be in touch with them. Let not your heart be troubled. Is not this the New Testament church? We're standing in the New Testament church. You're saying, well, but preacher, we're only few in number, but, but we're still in the New Testament church. This is the New Testament church. This is where we left off. And in verse 15, as it goes to say, if ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and ye shall give you another comforter that may abide with you forever. There's the promise of the Holy Ghost. And even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. We often know about the blindfold as we know in the scriptures that those of the world are blinded with that blindfold of the devil. Friend, this truly is a text that speaks for itself. I'll, I'll save you the trouble uh, by reading all the liberal scholarship about this passage that it's not to be taken literal, uh, that, well, it's a being explained away, but I tell you uh, with all my heart and soul it's to be taken literal here this morning. The literal words of Christ, it's very simple. And, whoso, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in Son. He's telling you, this is a statement. It goes on to say, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it, saith the Lord. We take this text literally here this morning, that John 14, verse 13 and 14, and we know here, so simple the text, it is a great blessing to our hearts here tonight that whatever we ask in Christ's name, the Lord will give it. He'll grant it to you. And through His sovereign will, we often remember that great quote from William Cowper that Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. Well, the first thing we know the devil attacks is the prayer life. My friend, if the devil can get his way uh, to the supply line to heaven, uh, then friend, I tell you, many Christians, even in our time, well, their prayer life has been sacrificed. And notice as it says that Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his, upon his knees. The weakest saint getting back in touch with the Savior. The weakest saint getting back in touch with God Almighty. The supply line now rehatched. And friend, we must not forget, we must not forget even here this morning that what a great privilege we have to come to the Lord Jesus Christ with that great petition, a petition made to the Father, answered by the Son. He goes on to say, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And here we see, Again, as we go on, remember these are the final words of our Lord and Savior before He went to fulfill His work on the cross. When here are the disciples, my friend, these were inspired men. These were men that they know the Scriptures. They spent time with Christ Himself. Yet they're asking Him, as Thomas saith here unto Him in verse 5, We know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Here's Thomas saying and asking him, and Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And here's the Lord, he's telling him, If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. And friend, if you know Christ here this morning, then I tell you, you know God. You know Christ here this morning. You know God. You know what He's all about. You know everything. You're no need to be like Thomas and say, Lord, we know not whither Thou goest, for we know where Christ was going as He was going to fulfill His, His will on the cross. And then He's saying, not two time hence that I will give you the Comforter. 
It doesn't end here. He's saying, you're still going to have attachment to me. You're still going to be able to cry out unto my name. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, saith the Lord. And friend, that applies to you here this morning. You say, well, preacher, you're preaching something that's uh, a thousand years ago, whatever you want to say, but it applies here. This is the New Testament church. This is where the Holy Ghost took over. And here, for the Lord said that whatever you ask, I'm going to do it. Friend, after we see in verse 1, let not your heart be troubled, refers to Peter, uh, here refers to Peter and Jesus having just told him of his intimate denial of his Lord in, in the prior chapter, verses 13 to 38. But the larger references to all the apostles through whom Jesus is going to lay the foundation of his church. No, as the Catholic Church would like to say, well, uh, Christ as he's giving the keys to Peter. No, it says here that the foundation of the church is through Christ. I am the way. And here we know here, as he comforts, also includes the instruction about his departure and the sending of the Holy Ghost. And I will give you a comforter. And friend, what truly that is, is to have the comforter of the Holy Ghost even here this morning. And friend, that we truly have to ask ourselves that what does it mean to ask in Christ's name? Well, as we touch base in our introduction, well, there's many people praying to Jesus. But what Jesus is it? Is it the Jesus of the Scripture? Is it the Jesus that God says His Son was like? Or is it some man-made religion, uh, just a, a mere call to another Baal? No, friend. When Jesus said here in verse 6 that I am the truth, the one and true God, here it says in verse 6, the truth of God. The word truth is used in Scripture in two ways. A true as it is contrasted with error. A true as it is contrasted with the false religion is a big contrast here. Anytime you see a contrast in Scripture, my friend, it must be preached and genuine in contrast with fake. And although both apply to God as we speak the truth of God, normally His genuineness is contrasted with false gods and other religions. The Scriptures, in a sense, declare Him the only true God. The only true God in John 17, verse 3. And the illustration is very perfect as we put here in the introduction that when Elijah confronted the prophets of Baals on Mount Carmel, he challenged them... To show them the genuineness of your God. Show me, show me your God and I'm going to show you mine. Because I know my God is the true God. And here it was. The application for our time is because the Lord is God, we are obligated to follow Him. Because He's the true God. We're not following a false religion. We're not following a man's book of ordinances, whatever you want to call it. This is God's Word. It's a call to follow the true God, His demands, as we see in John 14, verses 6, and as we get in Acts chapter 17, verse 31. Well, it is to plead His merit and intercession and to depend upon that plea. The gift of the Holy Ghost is the fruit of Christ's meditation upon Him, brought by His work on the cross, received by His intercession, and the word here used signifies an advocate. As we know in First John, it uses the word advocate, counselor, monitor, and comforter. His mighty and powerful words were focused to bring comfort to the disciples that he would abide to them to the end of the earth. But it wasn't the end when Christ departed unto the cross. He says, I'm going to be with you. 
And friend, that's the true gift of the Holy Ghost here this morning. That no matter what trial you're facing, no matter what circumstance you may see in this life, the Comforter will be with you forever. And that's the answer to Scripture here. He's saying, let not your heart be troubled, because I will give you the Holy Spirit, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I will do it. I'll be right there. As many people take the the view that, you know, Christ is very far, you know, He's in heaven, you know. But it says to see that where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them, that there He is. And as one preacher said, if Christ is not as real to you as Him sitting next beside you here this morning, then there's something wrong with you. Because that's what the Scriptures say. It says, there am I in the midst of them. There is the Comforter, as we know that word in chapter 14, verse 16. The Greek word uh, parakletos literally means one called alongside to help. One called alongside to help. And what it is for the Christian to have the gift of the Holy Ghost, a help in the time of need. Hence the idea of a comforter, the Holy Ghost, is called another comforter because this is also one of Christ's titles. In 1 John 2 verse 1, as we see advocate, and we see the illustration, the Father is also known as the God of all comfort. Isn't that what he's known of? The God of all comfort. And I keep going back to verse 1 because here he's going, he's making it very clear. Let not your hearts be troubled. He's saying, I'm going to give you a comforter alongside to help you. I'm going to help you fulfill the works of God. Notice what it says here. It says, greater works are you going to do. Greater works are you going to do. In verse 12, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. What a portion of scripture that is. And friend, I'm telling you, it's not that you're going to do the same works of Christ, for that would be very foolish, because there is none like Him. We are mere sinful creatures. But here He's talking about evangelism. Well, we know the population on this earth is a lot more than when Christ was walking the earth. We know that when Christ preached, well, we know that preaching today, there's more people. His first Christ's ministry was to the Jews, but the Gentile, there was more people. There's a more people than a Gentile uh, through evangelism, and here it is, that whatever you're going to ask in my name to do my will, that will I do. Greater works, greater in quantity, certainly not the quality of Christ's ministry was primarily to Israel, uh, but his followers were going to reach the limits of the world. It was a greater work. It was reaching more people. And friend, as we get to verse 13, in my name. It doesn't say the church's name. It doesn't say in the name of some person. It doesn't say in the name of religion. It says in my name. It says in my name means as my agent, the promise of an answered prayer is based on biblical scripture praying to God Almighty through His Son. Well, is also linked here especially to the accomplishment of the greater works. The promise is for unlimited resources to do the work of God. 
Friend, we often think of you go to the bank and you, you, you deposit a check and you, you ask for money, but there's limited, just limited resources. You only have a certain number in the bank account, but here, here you see you're going to the name on the checkbook as you can say, as Christ Himself, unlimited resources, you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And friend, don't take that one the wrong way. I'm not saying you, you pray for unlimited checks here this morning. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying the name, in my name, that Christ has access to all the resources. He'll give you the resources to do the Lord's work. He'll provide in the time of need, in my name. No name given among men. There's no foundation that which was laid by Him. There's no other name in which we can say here this morning apart from Christ. All access is granted through Him. Not just a mere lucky charm. And you say Christ in the back room. You go in the back room as you see uh, the Roman Catholics do. And they say, Hail Mary till they're blue in the mouth. Oh, Baal, hear us. It's the cry of America today. Friend, what it is to be revitalized in your prayer life. To know in your heart that I'm getting through to God. Sometimes we approach the throne of grace uh, to pray already and to feed. My, how the devil would love you to skip the prayer meeting. How the devil would love and the flesh would love as the, as the flesh fights against the spirit and wants to war that uh, it is labor to pray. It is labor to pray. It is labor uh, to come uh, to the prayer meeting. But that's the very furnace of the church. As many have said that the furnace of the church is the prayer meeting. We often think of the weapons of mass destruction and, and as we see one leader there in Russia boasting about all his chemical warfare and all the great technological advancement he has. But what's that compared to the weapon of prayer? Prayers that move the heart. Prayers that cause even those that are in sin to see their own sin and deceitful nature that they may know God himself. The disciples, as they were full of grief to think of parting with their master, so they were full of anxiousness of what would become of themselves when he was gone. While he was yet with them, he was a support to them. He kept them in countenance. He kept them in heart. He was very close with them. This was a ministry hand on hand, as you can say. A great discouragement for them to see their master go. But here's the Master saying, even to us this morning, let not your heart be troubled. Because he didn't go anywhere. As a matter of fact, he's showing them that I'm not going anywhere. And, and not only this, but whatever you're going to ask in my name to do my work, that will I do. And the sending of the Holy Ghost, not too much time henceforth. He was a support to them. He kept them in countenance, kept them in heart. But if he leave them, they will be as having a sheep with no shepherd. Sometimes we feel like we have no shepherd looking over us. But I tell you in this text of Christ, he assures those that pray to him, they will get the reward. Friend, that hill you're climbing this morning, whatever it may be, whatever obstacle you're going through, whatever hill you may be climbing, that some place, some time, the Lord will give you an answer. Not because I tell you. Forget about the preacher here this morning. Because it says in his words. 
It says it right here. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, so that you may increase in your faith, you may see God working in your life. And if you shall ask anything in my name, that will I do. What a great assurance here, friends, in the place of prayer. Many evangelicals will doubt this passage, especially liberal scholarship, saying it's not to be taken literal. I do not know how you cannot take it anything but literal, but we'll leave that for discussion for another day. This is not poetry. This is not a metaphor. This is not a figure of speech. He's saying right here, whatever you're going to ask in my name, that will I do. As we also know, the confirmed passage, again, just to, uh, just I guess, uh, if the liberal scholars are hearing here this morning, we can show them Luke chapter 11, verse 11, that it says here, I'll read it to you, If a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is a father, will he give him a stone? Doesn't make any sense. If you ask here, if you ask for bread, is your father going to give him a stone? If my son asks me for butter with toast, I'm not going to give him a steak. I'm not going to do that. It goes on to say, or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? As many take that view that think, yeah, whatever you pray for, you might get something else. No, that's not true. The Lord will give you what you ask for. Again, the Lord himself assures us of his great joy to receive and answer our prayers. If you don't ask, how can you receive? The devil will come along and discourage the children of God to quit that the Lord will not answer. And sadly enough, in our day, the prayer meeting has been diminished. The ones and the twos. It's often said in the first church in Cross Gar, in the Free Presbyterian Church, that when it went up, it said that first prayer meeting, it says it went on to the morning. It says, stop. It says they prayed all night. It says they prayed and they wouldn't stop until God gave them an answer. And friend, we're standing here this morning in that answer of prayer. The Free Presbyterian Church. And not just the denominational tag. No, we're not perfect, but we do preach a perfect Savior. Here we know we must be saints of persistent prayer in so much that the Lord is joyful to receive our prayers and to see our pursuit to be sharply furnished in the place of prayer. Our prayers are not vain. Those who pray that are not saved do not have the great privilege to come. As one man wrote in his book, he said, the greatest fear of this earth is not darkness or is not the Hollywood movies as they try to scare you. It's those growing up in a godless world. Those growing up without Christ, that's the greatest fear. Those who are not saved. As one young man, as he goes, as, as, as we before that, we know that there are many, well, can't we say that God is the father of everyone? Even the unsaved. Can't the unsaved still pray to God? I tell you, no. I tell you no, because we often know that the sinner is not in the family of God. We often remember as that young boy, as he was lost in this a crowd of people, as he goes, he goes to the, to the man, he thinks it's his father, he tugs on the, on the pants of the man, and he says, Father! And the man looks back to that young boy, and he says, I'm not your father. He says, you don't belong to my family. It's not the family name. 
in Christ's name, all adopted into the family of God. And we can cry, Abba, Father. Oh, now he is my father. Yes, you see, the sinner is not in the family of God. Remember of the words of the Lord Himself. Well, you see, today in our time, many are praying in the name of Jesus. Isn't it the same God? I tell you, it's not. There's a great distinction in the Bible. It screams of the one and true God. The one friend that answers by fire. Hear the words of the Lord Himself and. Matthew 7, verse 22, verses 24, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? There you see it again. In thy name we did all these things. We're doing what you said in the Bible. And in thy name I've cast out devils. And in thy name have done many wonderful works. What's the answer? And then will I profess unto them, saith the Lord God of hosts, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Is not that the cry of America this morning? Oh, Baal, hear us. you got many false religions. But there can only be one true God here this morning. And friend, you look around, you may say we're few in number. We don't have the resources. We don't have the staff. We don't have the church building. But praise God, you have God. Praise Him. You have Him. And friend, as he said in verse 1, let not your heart be troubled, because the Lord will provide. As he promised to go, and what assurance we have today in the place of petitioning our prayers to him. Well, you see, preacher, when is he going to answer my prayer? I don't know. It's up to God. How is he going to answer my prayer? I don't know. Well, that's up to God. It truly is God working all things out for our own good. He knows what's best for those that love him. Friend, we know, forget about the idea that's going on today that all the false religions share the same God. Allah is not Jehovah. The Jesus of the Jehovah's false witness is not the Christ of the Scriptures. That's a pollution to God's Word. After Christ departed and the Holy Ghost came upon them, it truly was, as Acts 4 verse 12 states, that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none. As the Bible makes it very clear. For there is none other name under heaven given among men. And I will repeat it again. For there is none other name. It's a simple message, friend. I'm not a gifted preacher, my friend. I'm a laborer in the field, but I know, I understand. I understand what the Lord is saying. For there is none other name among, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And thank God, friend, that we preach the greatest message ever known to mankind. And that message is that Jesus saves. In the name of Jesus, yes, He does save. He bids the darkness into the light. And friend, as our time is gone, let's go here in our concluding statement here. In 1 John 5, verse 13, as we will come to that, it is not a mere lucky charm as we go back and trace back our introduction here. No, Christ's name is not a mere lucky charm to attach the name of Christ to the end of a prayer. Many use the name of Christ, but they are in the family of God. Are they in the family of God? I tell you, no. Are they born again? No. Friends, let us war with the flesh. Let us war with the world. 
and the devil and to be in touch with the Savior. Let not your hearts be troubled. Here, friend, is the key. In my name, saith the Lord Jesus Christ, to unlock the unlimited resources, to do his will. And therefore, it truly is, ask anything in my name, and that will I do. And I will end with the words of 1 John chapter 5, verses 13. Notice the parallel in Scripture, a very necessity verse here. We cannot skip over this one. In 1 John chapter 5, 13, I'll read it to you here. We know God hears us. These things have I written unto you that ye believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know him, that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. May the Lord add a special blessing. And as that great as that great hymn writer has said, as he read in his word here, I'll just read it to you. Uh, all our sins and griefs to bear. Uh, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. May the Lord add a special blessing to his infallible, inspired, and his inherent word. Let us sing a closing hymn, hymn number 208.